welcome back to the Seek the Joy podcast, what I'm now calling Seek the Joy Tuesday. I'm so excited that you're here and on today's episode is Rebecca Enriquez and Becca and I have known each other since college. We were both in Alpha Chi Omega together and she was president while I was, are you ready for this very long title, vice president of chapter relations and standards. I think it's safe to say we were sort of each other's number one and number two back then. We were a bit of a tag team and I honestly would not have made it through that year without her friendship and support and I'm just so appreciative and excited to share her story on today's episode. Becca currently works for Camp Kesem, which is a nationwide community driven by passionate college student leaders that supports children through and beyond their parents' cancer. Kesem is the largest national organization dedicated to this unique population of children and families, and they really support these families with innovative, fun-filled programs that foster a lasting community. I think that's what's really so cool about Kesem is that part of their mission statement that states through and beyond their parents' cancer. It's a community that will be there to support you for for forever. And there are over 5 million children who have been impacted by a parent's cancer. And in 2017, Kesem served over 7,000 children. Camp Kesem has, without a doubt, changed Becca's life. And she first got involved with Kesem while at USC. In fact, she helped start the chapter there. She has been personally impacted by cancer herself, and she shares her story and journey on today's episode. Through her work with Kesem and the community, that Kesem has provided her. She has found her passion, stayed true to herself along the way, and has learned so much about herself through it all. What I enjoyed so much about our conversation is just how honest and real it was. And so I hope you enjoyed today's episode and make sure you check out Camp Kesem. They have done so much to support these children and families and the work that they're doing and the work that Becca is doing is just so meaningful and impactful. And I just am so proud of her as a friend to see her blossom within this organization. And so yeah, without further ado, here is my conversation with Becca. Thank you for being on the podcast. Hi, absolutely. My pleasure. So I thought we could just start off and you could introduce yourself and just talk about who you are and what you do. Yeah. So like Sydney said, I'm Rebecca and I met Sydney at USC. Um, we spent a couple awesome years together. I couldn't have made it through part of my time at USC without her for sure. Um, and another huge part of my collegiate experience outside of our sorority at USC um, was Camp Kesem. And so that is now my full-time job. Um, it's, it'll be two years in January that I've been working on the Kesem staff. And Kesem is an organization that's really near and dear to my heart. Um, we work with children impacted by parents' cancer, and um, I get to do that every day, which is pretty awesome. I agree. I could not have made it through those 
years of college without you, honestly. And I'm just so appreciative that we've been able to maintain our friendship, even though we've kind of gone in sort of different directions. But so I only know a little bit about Kesem and I know about Kesem obviously through you, but did Kesem start as something just on college campuses? I mean, I know it's, it's a big community and it's focused on helping kids whose parents are affected by cancer. So maybe you could just talk a little bit about where Kesem started or how it started? Yeah, absolutely. So we were founded um, by a student at Stanford. She was working in Hillel and she had done some research about um, kind of different service organizations and camping, summer camp organizations had meant a lot to her in her life. And so she was originally looking to serve kind of any population that might need it. And one that she came across that was um, pretty underserved and just not really thought of was this population of children impacted by a parent's cancer um, diagnosis. So the children themselves are well, but who are being affected by this diagnosis that's touching their families. This summer, we had about 7,300 children around the nation. So we started at Stanford and it kind of spread from there. There's over 5 million of these kids who are impacted by a parent's cancer based on a study that we had done a couple years ago. So we're just growing every year and trying to get there. We started with one chapter in, in 2000. We became a 501c3 in 2003. And now we have 105 chapters, 4,000 college students involved, over 6,000 alumni. And then we served um, 7,371 campers this summer. So going for a little oh over 8,000 next year and just keep in, keep working until we can make sure that every, every child who's been touched by a parent's cancer doesn't feel alone. Yeah. I mean, I think the work that they're doing that you're doing is so important. And I remember the first time I heard about Kesem was at USC. And so you obviously first got involved with Kesem at USC. So how has it been working with them first, I guess, as a college student, and then now, you know, working for them full time? Um, it has been the most magical roller coaster of feelings and emotions and so many things. I found out about Kesem um, at a time when I really needed it the most. I found out about it through a sorority sister of ours, another Alpha Chi Omega up at Berkeley. Um, she sent an email in April of 2012, just kind of sharing about what Kesem is and encouraging folks to get involved if they had it on their campus and if not to start it. Um, and I had never heard of, of Camp Kesson before, so I looked up the website and I started reading about it. And I just found myself just moved to tears because this is something I would have loved. My mom was diagnosed with cancer when I was 12 years old, and I had just lost her um, in November of 2011. So to be back at school kind of taking on all of all of USC, all of being a president of a sorority, all those things, um, to find an organization that served this little population that I didn't even know to think of that there was more of us was really incredible. So then in the fall of 2012, um, going into senior year, we started our own chapter at USC. Um, and we, we kind of went for it and we, it was a little bit back then it was the wild west of Kesem. We didn't have quite as many staff members and support and protocols set up. Um, so we just kind of made it work and it was wonderful learning and trying. And we had 27 amazing campers that first summer and I was obsessed from day one, but then I graduated. So, um, that was the hard part for me was kind of what do I do now that I've graduated and I've fallen in love with this program that means so much to me. Um, and I was lucky enough that we have some alumni 
opportunities to get involved. You can be a camp advisor, which I was lucky enough to be chosen to be a senior camp advisor. So I got to go to five different chapters all around the nation the summer after I graduated and just kind of done different things from there. I've reviewed camper applications. I've translated stuff for families who speak Spanish um, and who might not feel comfortable filling out the form by themselves um, and been a camp advisor every summer since then. And then I got to join the staff about two years ago. I mean, I just think the fact that while you were at USC, this organization provided you probably with a sense of community, right, that you wouldn't have had, you wouldn't have had otherwise. And then the the fact that you've been able to join them as a full-time staff member and be part of that community and then help kids who are really going through the same experiences that you went through, you know, have that sense of community and belonging and knowing that they're not alone. I mean, I just think, I just think that's so important because whenever we go through something, I don't know, that's difficult or challenging or maybe not something that everybody goes through. It's it's really hard to find people who have also gone through that. And so I just think the work that Kesem is doing, I don't know, it definitely is serving a population that, that probably just didn't have that sense of community before. Yeah, it's definitely, um, it's a very powerful thing. It hits me all the time when I'm working on it. We, you know, talk about our mission statement and that's, that's literally what our mission statement says is Kesem's a nationwide community driven by passionate college student leaders that supports children through and beyond their parents' cancer. And I think that through and beyond is the part that really makes it so special is it is this community where the thing that makes you othered in so many other situations, um, the thing that makes you different is what, what brings you together at Kesem, which is so special. Um, but we work with children who are dealing with parents diagnosis at any point in that. So whether it's a fresh diagnosis and it's new or their parent is undergoing treatment or their parent has passed away, um, Campers are invited year over year. It's free for the families for as long as they want to come. So these kids can stay with us starting as young as six um, through their graduation from high school. And so this becomes the support network of people who know you and who understand you and not just you as the child of someone with cancer, but who you choose to be. We we have camp names. Um, so at work and at camp, I go by Minnie. Um, nobody calls me <laughs> Rebecca. Um, and it it's a really powerful thing because at Kesem and at camp, you know, I get to be Minnie and I'm not defined by anything other than who I want to be at camp. And so that's really powerful for our kids to have that. And then that support network of, of through whatever they're dealing with, but beyond that, what are, what's it like to be 15 and, and just dealing with life on top of a cancer diagnosis yeah. at home. So having those those friends and that support system. That's the best thing you can give to someone. Um, And crisis is just a place to feel understood. I was just going to say, I feel like it's, it goes back to the power of community and, and finding your community. And then, you know, what I think is so cool also about what Kesem does is what you said, it's through the cancer diagnosis and all stages of it, but also, and beyond that, no matter what happens, that you're all there to support one another and to support the campers and the kids and the fact that it's free. I mean, it's, it's really providing an opportunity and a place to feel safe and like yourself and that you can be defined by like what you said, by who you want to be rather than, you know, the label that maybe other people sort of associate, you know, your current situation with, with, Oh, his mom has cancer or his dad has cancer, but no, it's, it's about who you are and who, and who you want to be at camp. So 
maybe talk a little bit about the camp experience. You have a nickname, it's Minnie, and I always think that's like so appropriate for you. But it, what is the camp experience like? It's a pretty, pretty traditional summer camp experience. So we take our campers for a week. Um, typically they're bused or parents will drop them off at the campsites and it's an overnight camp. Um, and because we have 105 different chapters, we have a hundred or so different campsites that we use. Um, and so the, the activities can range anything from arts and crafts and canoeing and, um, zip lining and rock climbing and archery, horseback riding, um, all those kinds of activities that you would traditionally do at a summer camp. And that's kind of the point of, of every day is just to have our kids have a chance to have fun and our campers to feel, um, free to enjoy themselves and to laugh and be silly. Um, and then on the, the other side of that is we provide opportunities for our campers, um, to share with one another. So every night they have cabin chat in their units. Um, so units are separated by age. So it'll be kind of the younger, like maybe six, seven, eight year olds, um, and kind of clumped that way. And they, we pose kind of open-ended questions. Like, what does it mean for someone to be a hero? And for some of our six-year-olds, you know, their answer might be Batman. And you're like, a hundred percent. Yes. Tell me more about that. Like Batman (laughs) is so awesome. Um, and then for some of our older kids, um, or campers who have been there year over year and kind of know what this opportunity is for, um, they might say, you know, my older brother, because he gave up being on the football team because he has to pick me and my other little sister up from school, um, different things like that. And they get a chance to kind of share what's going on at home. So we have cabin chat every night. And then about halfway through the week, we have probably the most Kesem moment. Um, and Kesem, the word itself means magic in Hebrew. And so um, that's sort of where our theme of making magic and these magical moments happens. We have the our empowerment ceremony halfway through the week. And that's where the one time we do come together and we acknowledge this unifying thing that brings us together, um, this cancer, a, a parent's cancer, a primary caregiver's cancer, whatever that looks like. And our campers are invited to kind of share their story and share what Kessa means to them and what camp and the magic of Kesem has, has played a role in their life and kind of what that means. So you can feel it. You can feel it when it's happening. It's very emotional. It's a very intense time. But afterwards, you can kind of see that everybody, there's this new level of understanding. And we go through the rest of the week of those activities like horseback riding and archery. And there's a new level of connection and community that's just built um, amongst all these, these pe- wonderful campers. And so camp itself is just a really fun time. We do have a very intentional three campers to one counselor max ratio. So there's never more than three campers to one counselor because, you know, we, our campers often do need that individual time and attention um, because they are kind of bringing up some, some big feelings. So our, our, you know, our vision is to make sure that every child can feel safe and loved and respected all 5 million of these kids. So that's our what we're striving for. Yeah. Just the fact that you provide this space during camp, you know, to feel free to be yourself and also build connection. You know what that sort of reminded me of was when we would go through, and it's obviously not the same thing, but when we would go through recruitment, do you remember what those candle lighting passing Mm -hmm. situations were? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I was like, it has to have a simple name, (laughs) but for anyone who hasn't gone through 
um, sorority recruitment as being an active member, you sort of all share something in it. You don't talk about it outside of, you know, that candle pass circle moment, but it's an opportunity for everyone to sort of get more vulnerable and to learn about each other and to sort of, um, get a better understanding and, and foster a deeper connection. And so when you were talking about that, that obviously made me think of that. And, and it just goes back to what we were talking about before is, you know, building support systems and communities. And it's also about, you know, being okay, being sort of in touch with your feelings and, and what's going on and, and knowing that you're not alone. And I just think the fact that there are these camps and communities and organizations for children who really help them do that during such a difficult time is, is just so cool and, and so important. And I just love the fact that you're so deeply involved in, and moved by it. But I remember you were telling me about s'mores day this summer. Yes. Um, <laughs> there are lots of fun things that happen at camp. Um, and this year, Kesem has kind of partnered with national s'mores day. You know, there's a day of, of everything. Yeah. Um, so National oh, there's Sports a day for day everything yep. <laughs> was August 10th this year. And so we had about 23, 22 sessions going on. Um, and so everyone had a giant s'mores party and it was just super fun. Um, camp, we have lots of s'mores all summer, but national s'mores day was just a great time. We turned a piñata into s'more looking thing. It was great. So good. Um, we just had a real blast with it, but yeah, all the fun stuff at camp, we have messy Olympics counselor Sundays where we turn, we, you know, the kids get ice cream and chocolate sauce and caramel and sprinkles and whipped cream. And they just turn their counselors into a, an ice cream Sunday in a little kiddie pool. And so it's, funny. it's pretty incredible. <laughs> um, I mean, it's basically like a normal camp experience, you know, and I think that's also what's so cool about it is, and it's providing the opportunity, you know, at no cost for these kids, which I just think is, is just, is just so amazing. Yeah. I mean, I, I love it a lot. I think what's been really powerful for me is that, um, though I didn't have it as a child, I didn't get to go as a camper. Um, I was welcomed with open arms as a brand new college student. And there's lots of, of ways to just kind of like fall into this community. Um, that's made me really happy to see, um, that there is, you know, this love and care and just wanting everyone to feel safe and loved and respected, um, yeah. as you go through any crisis. Um, and that's kind of been the other thing too, is a lot of our college student leaders maybe don't have that personal connection that our campers do, but everybody's got something that they've gone through. And so to be able to sit with each other and just have that moment, um, I think is really powerful. And it's not something that will never yeah. not be super magical for me. Like you said, I mean, everyone goes through something during their life and it may not necessarily be cancer or someone in their family touched by cancer, but to have the opportunity to connect one-on-one -on -one with, with other people and, you know, make those connections and, you know, we can all relate in some way. And I just think it's so powerful to sort of connect on a more human level and see people for, for who they are and understand, you know, where they're coming from and maybe what they're struggling with. And, you know, to really develop those deep connections and relationships are, are so important. So I just want to ask you though, how do you balance your work and friends and family and more, just how do you keep yourself grounded? Obviously, Kesem is something that brings you joy and fills you up. And obviously, you're passionate about the mission and it 
it connects with you on a deep level, but how in your day-to-day life would you say you sort of keep yourself grounded? Yeah, absolutely. I think Kesem is a huge part of it. Um, but, uh, I have found that now that it is my job, um, there are other things that I need and time I need to spend doing things outside of Kesem. Um, a big part of that is why I moved to San Diego and that's my family. I come from a very large family. Um, it's always someone's birthday or someone has a soccer game or somebody's something. So every weekend is full of that. Our family is very, um, traditional in our faith. And so church and going to helping out at church and youth groups and different things like that is a big part of what I do that makes me really happy. And then I do have, I've been very fortunate to grow up. Um, you know, they take, they say it takes a a village to raise a child. And I have (laughs) an incredibly large and incredibly wonderful village. And so I get to spend a lot of time with them. My dad was a firefighter. We spend time at the fire station still, even though he's been retired for many years. Um, my mom worked with a lot of really wonderful women who are still a part of my life, um, and mentors for me. And I get to spend a lot of time with just the family and friends, this village that we've created here in San Diego. So being here and being around all of that is a big part of it. I mean, I've certainly found, you know, for me to stay grounded, it it means a lot of time with friends and family and people who really know me and, and doing things that I enjoy maybe outside of what I do full time outside of my work. And so are there things that you also do that bring you joy? A lot of what I do in terms of like my work with Kesem and my work, um, or just my time with my family, it's a lot of like extroverted time, which is great. And I, yeah. and I really enjoy that, but I definitely need some quiet time and some me time. Um, so totally relate to that. <laughs> so, um, I really enjoy reading. I really have, I've learned to like running a little more. I ran my first half marathon for Kesem, which in a zippy and unexpected turn of events happened in July. And I actually don't mind it. So my apartment, um, that I'm moving into, it's a mile from the beach. So, I'll run down there. I'll take a book um, and just spend some time. And I I really need and so value that that time by myself um, to just kind of enjoy some time that's not quite so filled up with with all of these other wonderful things. Um, but some time for me is really helpful. Yeah, I think you and I are sort of similar in that way. In that, I think there's always just so much going on and and so much happening in the external kind of like environment between family and friends and work. And sometimes it's it's really important to just sort of spend time alone and, and turn inward and just do things that you know will help yourself recharge your own batteries. I don't know. I think it's 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 hard to find that balance. But the more that we can, I, I think the better. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's I mean, it's never done. And that's, I think what I really love about like the name of the podcast, the like seeking joy, the like getting to it, that constant striving for it. And that's a big part of sometimes it works out really wonderful. And sometimes you got to readjust and that, that kind of being okay with that process is, is important. Yeah, no, I think that's a really good point too, because something that I have been thinking about in sort of what was the premise for starting this podcast to begin with is I think so many people talk about, you know, um, oh, I just love going and doing this and I feel so happy and I feel so this, but it's basically based upon what you see on social media. And, but so much of the time there isn't a really a conversation about what's really going on and 
well, what it's taken somebody to sort of get to that space where they they feel that sense of joy or they feel like they're staying true to themselves or they're staying grounded. And I think especially right now with everything that's sort of going on in the world and on a big scale, there's so much going on in the world politically and socially and, and everything else. But then on a, on a smaller scale, we all have things that we're all going through individually and separately. And so I think it's just so hard and we're all continuously striving to get to a place where we feel good or we feel good about ourselves or we're at a space where we're sort of content with where we're at. And I just, like you said, it's a continuous process of striving for it. And so my goal is to sort of just find out what everybody else is doing and sort of share and talk about it. And so I think your point though about you know, you have to take some time for yourself and you can't be an extroverted person all the time, especially if you're not naturally an an extrovert, you know? So I think, I think that's a really, a really good point too. So what do you think you've learned the most about yourself, I guess, going through college and now working for Kesem and, and sort of on the other side? Um, I think a big part of it has been like learning to be okay with that process part of it all. Um, I came into Kesem and it has been the most wonderful thing for me, but I came into it out of a really hard thing after having lost my mom and it was, it rocked my world and it changed me and having Kesem and having Alpha Chi and having USC and having, you know, this wonderful village of people. It took all of those things to kind of help me find my joy and now be able to be so passionate that this is my job, that I can talk about it every day. Something that is really hard and a huge part of my life that very well could have been such a negative thing that I would never have wanted to touch or bring up with people. Um, yeah, I was really fortunate to have so many different versions of community that came together um, that made me better. And so that's, I think, been the biggest thing is, is learning to be okay with relying on other people and that support that they give you um, to kind of move yourself forward um, and find that joy and find kind of your happiness and being okay with that. Like being okay with being happy was, was hard at first, definitely in college. Um, right after losing my mom, like even the thought of being happy was, it felt kind of wrong. It felt like it wasn't something that should be happening so soon. Um, so finding a place amongst all of those things that made me feel safe and happy and loved and respected and kind of push forward. That was, I've learned that it's okay to like need other people and to need support and to, to use that to, to be kind of your best self. Yeah. I mean, th- those are all really huge lessons. And I think something that a lot of people can relate to is, is learning that it's okay, you know, to rely on other people. I think so many of us just figure, oh, we can do it ourselves, you know? Oh, I don't want to have to maybe, we think of it as if we're burdening someone else, you know, with what we're going through. But I think something that I have also learned, and I think this is what you've learned too, is that it's really okay to allow other people in to to be there as a support system for us. Because um, I think so often it's just easy to say, you know, I've got this, I can handle this, but sort of learning that it's okay to have that support and to sort of welcome, to sort of welcome that community in. And then, you know, also learning that, you know, you may not feel or be okay in the moment, but, but that you will be okay. And that, you know, you will get back to a space where 
you event, you know, you feel more like yourself. And I think whether it's, it's losing a family member or going through your own health issues or, um, you know, whatever, whatever it might be that someone is experiencing, I think we all go through this process of thinking we're sort of in the worst of it. And then, you know, we don't think there, there's another side, but kind of learning that everything is a process and everything, everything takes time and everything sort of works itself out in the end. I think, I think those are all really big things that a lot of people can definitely relate to. It's definitely a process. It's definitely learning. I think for me, it's been learning to be my best self means that like you kind of need, you need help along the way. And there are going to be moments where you're not your best self. Um, and what do you, and kind of learning what I need to set myself up to be my best self. Yeah. And is my best self all the time? Probably not, but I try to be, I try to be as much as I can. And that's kind of, and being okay with when you're not too taking yeah, that time. And I think, and I think for a lot of us too, it, it's sort of a long process to figure out even what it takes for us to feel like our best selves, if that makes sense. I think for so many of us, at least I can only speak for myself, but I think there was definitely a period of time in my life where I felt sort of, sort of lost and going through the motions of whatever you're going through with school or with work or whatever it might be. And then not really sure who you are and what it is you enjoy doing and well, what can I do to take care of myself or set myself up to have a good day or a good week or just those kind of things. I think it's a process, even just kind of learning, learning those things about yourself. hundred percent. Yeah. So I think that's something I think a lot of us are going through or have gone through or if, or if we haven't, we will go through, but everything, but everything is a process. I don't know. I just feel like every day in its own ways, it's new frontier, <laughs> not to sound dramatic, but you know, you were constantly learning and evolving and changing. And I don't know. I just remember when we were both at Alpha Chi, it was, it was really difficult for you when you first came back to school. And I think we all just wanted, you know, to support you the best way that we could. And I think, you know, nobody knows how to navigate typical, you know, tough situations that maybe some of us have never gone through before. And so hearing you sort of talk about, you know, learning that it's okay for other people to support you and, and welcome, welcoming them in. I think that's definitely a process that you've gone through. Yeah, it's definitely been a transition and it's something that I've, I've found luckily it's not, you know, I've learned that it's not just me who, who feels this way, but when there is something like a crisis going on, you want to be okay. And you want to be on top of it and you want to be taking care of everything. And then what, no matter how that ends, um, whenever something ends, it's, it's an abrupt change. And so learning to then kind of come back to what maybe used to be normal and what's now your new normal and what that looks like and what you need from people maybe has changed because other factors have, um, it definitely is something that is ever changing. I don't know that I'll, I'll ever know or have a set way that I need support for certain things. Um, yeah. And it, and it changes in time, like times of the year. Um, my mom passed away on Thanksgiving. So the holidays are a tough time. That's different than say my birthday in the summer. Like it just, there's different yeah. things and there's different times that, that we maybe need a little more and we might just be aware of that or we might 
other people might think you need more, but you actually need less. And so it's just kind of learning to balance all of those things. It's it's balancing and learning to sort of navigate those different situations. And you don't know how you're going to handle it until you're sort of tasked with with handling those tough moments. And then it's a constant adjustment because every day is is so different. So that, that makes a lot of sense. Where do you feel like you feel like most like yourself? I feel the most like me in a couple different places. And I think it's, it's a couple different ways. Um, I do feel like one of my best selves is when I'm mini and when I'm at camp and I get to be a camp advisor and I get to work with college students and really, um, kind of be their support system and their advocate and just kind of make sure that their week of camp is going as wonderfully as they can. Rebecca as mini works really hard to be that person, that energy. And, um, I really like that space that I'm in when I'm at camp. Um, but when I'm home, I think my, my best self is at my, my parents' house. We used to have lots of big barbecues here. I was really fortunate. My parents, my grandparents, I guess, actually grew up friends. So my extended families are all friends with each other. They all know each other. So we were really fortunate to just have big parties and birthdays turn into a hundred people because that's just how many people you're related to. Um, <laughs> so, you know, giant Mexican family in the backyard and it's wonderful. And my friends were able to come um, and there's music playing and there's just a lot going on. So I think um, I feel the most like myself when I'm surrounded by the people who know me. Um, so, and for me, that is pretty two distinct, pretty different things, either myself at camp, um, which is definitely kind of my own thing separate from my family and then my time with my family. Yeah. You know, just being surrounded by people that know you and love you and support you. I, I mean, how could you not feel the most like yourself yeah. in those moments? I've, I've only had those worlds kind of collide in one space and that's, um, the breath of hope lung cancer walk that my mom started here in San Diego that our family has been lucky enough to continue putting on. Um, this will be our 10th year, this 2018 year. Um, and we have Camp Kesem in San Diego that comes and my family is there. And then just this whole network of, of people who also in San Diego have kind of gone through the same things we have. And so that, that moment when worlds collide, I think is a little stressful still because we're logistically managing it, but that is definitely a place where I can take a step back and look around that space and just feel very loved and very warm and very happy. And there's a lot of joy on that day, seeing so many faces and seeing so many people kind of come together. That's definitely yeah. a big one. I, I know that has got to have been such a huge sort of support system to still have the walk going and, and the same people and more people come and it's a way to, you know, honor you and honor your mom and then everyone else who has really gone through the same thing or, or something similar. So I, I think the fact that that's still going too is just, is just so cool. It's definitely a really fun day. It's hard to believe it's been 10 years. That's um, crazy. Yeah. To think we started that when I was in high school, um, just here in the kitchen is a, it's funny to, to see it so big now, but it's really wonderful. It's one of my, one of my favorite days of the year. Yeah. I think it also just goes to show, you know, if you have an idea and you want to put something together and put something on, you know, go for it and do it. And you never know 10 years later, just how much something will grow and how many more people will come and, and want to be part of it. I think, I think that's, 
also a really cool part of the walk is just how much it has grown. Yeah, it's pretty incredible. <laughs> okay, so this might be the toughest question, sure. but but what is your biggest dream? I think it's sort of abstract in a lot of ways, but I think for me, my biggest dream would be, you know, just living a life that, that is full of joy, that makes me really happy, that makes my family really happy, that my mom would be proud of. Um, I mean, and there, I think there's a lot of littler dreams that go into that. I do, I do love my work at Kesem and I want to always be involved with, with Kesem. I want to always be involved with the walk. I want to have a family and I want to, you know, stay really close to my extended family. I am an only child, but I have this giant family. So I definitely want more than one child of my own someday. Hmm. And so I think the, I, the, the concept of forever or like the finality of like a biggest dream is there, those are hard for me just because of time and loss and the things that kind of have shaped my world. But I think it's a lot of little things that kind of just come up to, I want to have a life that I love and that makes, that fills me with joy and that makes me and the people I share it with happy and that they feel safe and love. That's, that's, I think, all I, all, everything I dream for. I love that. Yeah. Wanting a life that fills you up and brings you joy and that you can share with other people. Yeah. That's, that's a big dream of mine too. It's really high up there on my list. And I think it's so important, but I think you're also right. I think, you know, life changes so fast. You never know what's going to happen. So it's interesting. Everybody sort of has a different, a different take on that question. And I think a lot of it is based upon, like you were saying, just different things that sort of shape who you are and, and shape your worldview. But I think at the end of the day, it really comes down to living a life that that you wake up every morning and you're excited to live it and it brings you joy and you're doing things that you enjoy and love to do and and making an impact, you know, making impact on your friends and your family and then, you know, also also the world. And I think you're doing that with Kesem and I know you'll do that with any work that you sort of continue to do. So I like your answer. It was a good one. Thanks. <laughs> Okay, so before before we go, where can everyone find um, some information about Camp Kesem? Yeah, so if you go to www.kesem.org, and Kesem is spelled K-E-S-E-M, um, you can find our website, and you can find us on Facebook, you can find us on Instagram. We have 105 chapters. There's a map on there, so you can find a Kesem chapter near you. If you're interested in starting a chapter, um, you can reach out to us and be a part of our voting campaign that we have every year to start a new chapter. If you want to get involved as an as an adult, as an advisory board member, if there's one near you, um, we always welcome anyone in the community's like input and thoughts um, and working with their local chapter. If you have a loved one or a family member or someone you know who's been impacted by cancer, applications open in January. Um, and they're linked right there on our website. So you'll be able to to fill out an application. Um, camps fill up first come, first serve kind of a thing. So right in January, if you know someone who would benefit, um, campers need to be six years old as of camp season and through their senior year of high school. So usually about 18. It's completely free for families and 
there's different activities throughout the year. So if you find a CASM near you, you can get email them and get involved, get included on their newsletters and lots of other fun things. Or they can email me, Rebecca at CASM.org. Okay, I love that. So I'll include all of the information for Kesem in the show notes for this episode. So that's great. I think the more people who know about Kesem and I'm sure there, there has got to be more people who want to be, who want to be involved and who really resonate uh, with the work that they're doing. So I think that's great. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. This was a great conversation. And I think just, you know, giving people the opportunity to learn more about Kesem and the work that they're doing and the work that you're doing and, and just sort of sharing your own personal experience. I think a lot of people are definitely going to be able to relate to Absolutely. it. Absolutely. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. This was fun. I just wanted to pop in really quickly and say thank you. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. The Seek the Joy podcast is growing and I am so excited about it. And I just want to make sure that you are subscribed. So make sure that you're subscribed either in Apple iTunes or wherever it is that you're listening to this podcast. That way, every time a new episode drops, you're the first one to hear about it. And I just have one more ask of you before we go. If you could leave the podcast a quick rating and or review on Apple iTunes, it would mean so much to me and it would really allow others to start to see the podcast. And plus, I would really love to know what you think. As always, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, just want to chat, if you're having any issues writing the podcast, just let me know. Reach out. I would love to chat. All right, guys, that's it for this week. Thank you so much again for being here, and I will see you next week for another round of Seek the Joy Tuesday. 